This week's theme in CG is splitting. Netflix announces a stock split, Sears is spinning off real estate holdings into a REIT, and CG industry-focused duo of Shen O'Reilly is on a one-week hiatus. I'm Dylan Lewis, subbing in for Vincent Shen, and I'm joined by Sean O'Reilly to talk CG today. How's it going, Dylan? Doing all right. I feel like I got some uh, big shoes to fill here in the chair. You do. Thank you. Yeah. We, uh, we're, we're, we're sorry we lost Vincent. He's currently on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Real tough being in Colorado. I, I was a little sore, but oh well. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so what are we talking about first here? Waltons are up to some shenanigans? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we talk Waltons first? Uh, so the Walton family, of course, the patriarch and founder of the uh, Walmart store, Sam Walton. He's passed away, but... Uh, there's five of them, his wife and his kids and everything, and they are the richest family in the world. <laughs> um, and basically, so Walmart's such a good business, such an effective retailer that they one of the things they do to return capital to shareholders is buy back shares. And the family hasn't sold too many shares up until now. So their ownership stake has slowly been approaching 50%, and that's kind of making them nervous. Just kind of creeping up, creeping up. Slowly but surely. Why is that making them nervous, Sean? Well, ask the IRS, and they will tell you that if their ownership were to go over 50%, Walmart would then be classified as a personal holding company, which involves five or fewer individuals. Mm-hmm. And Walmart, as a corporation, would then be taxed at the personal income tax rate for these multi-billionaires. Wow. That would be expensive. The uh, the tax considerations of the rich and the famous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, long and short of it is, there's five or six of these people. That each of his kids are worth $20 billion each. Mm-hmm. Talk about uh, winning the lottery there. Yeah. Um, so what they're doing is they formed a separate entity from Walton Enterprises LLC, which owns half of Walmart. And they basically formed another charitable trust. They gave 6% of their shares to this trust, and they're going to just start giving it away. Um, Alice Walton, I think, uh, his daughter, she started this cute – it's actually the nicest museum in the world, one of them. Um, but a beautiful art museum in Arkansas. They'll keep doing that. So just – Little things people do to avoid taxes, but that's what's going on. So there's some benevolence to it. There is, yeah. Um, I did want to bring up, though, this is nothing compared to um, what I'm not sure our listeners are aware of, and this isn't 100% CG, but I just thought I'd talk about it, which is Bill Gates's uh, current, I don't know, we'll call it tax planning or just retirement planning or something. Um, As long as I can remember, I remember going to the library and flipping through the Value Line Investment Survey, and in their index section, one of the things they'd show is uh, big insider sales and purchases by major corporations and i mean gosh for the last 15 or 20 years bill gates every quarter sells 20 million shares of microsoft just like clockwork scheduled right Always yeah scheduled. it's yeah. completely scheduled yeah um also a little fun fact he would be worth 170 billion dollars had he kept all those shares but he had to diversify so there you go yeah i don't think he minds no 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 <laughs> um but uh, this this is nothing compared to that but it's still just a little thing that people do to save money so there's not really much for Walmart investors to read into this. No, I, I saw a few articles in the cybersphere and in the yeah. tubes and all that stuff, and people were saying, "Oh, they're cashing in because they don't like Walmart's uh, 1.5 billion dollar costs they're going to incur by paying their workers ten dollars an hour and all this stuff." That's not the case. I if if they said, "Yeah, we're going to sell half of our stake right now, and we're going to start buying other companies or something," I would I would agree with that, but they're not. Yeah. All right. So not too much to worry about there. No, not at all. Um, all right, why don't we pivot over to Netflix then? Talk a little bit about the announcement they made. They're pulling an apple. Pulling an apple. <laughs> <laughs> why 
<laughs> I don't know. That seems like a pretty good model to follow. <laughs> it I, you could do worse than what is arguably going to be the world's first trillion dollar corporation. But yeah. Um. So uh, on because was it Friday they put forth the docket for what the Netflix shareholders are going to vote in uh, June at the annual shareholders meeting, and one of the items is increasing the number of shares allowed under Netflix's charter for a month just just 170 million to a whopping five billion shares. That's a lot insane. of shares outstanding. Um. And they actually bluntly say in the filing, if this proposal is approved by stockholders, management expects that it will recommend a uh, recommend to the board that the uh, they go forward with the stock split. Yeah, and so uh, well, that multiple was what thirty times. Yeah. So uh, I mean, you're used to seeing a stock split in the two to one, uh, you know, three to two kind of range. Uh, are we expecting or something? even Apple was seven to one? Seven like, to one, a lot. And, and that was like kind of. Lucrative. I don't think they'll do that much. Yeah, uh, no, so I, mean, I really don't. While like the the headline number is that thirty to one, uh, I don't think that's what we should be expecting. Right. I would assume ten or less. Netflix is currently trading at this moment at four hundred and seventy-seven dollars and forty cents. And even if they did ten to one, it'd be a forty-seven dollars stock. I think that would be reasonable. So anywhere from five to ten to one, I would imagine. But don't quote me. <laughs> um, well, why don't we get into some of the motivations for companies to split? You know, I think uh, this is something that always kind of trips up investors. Why is a company looking to do this? Uh, you know, what are they getting out of it? What's the plan here? Why, Dylan? Don't you want to buy a share of Berkshire Hathaway for two hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have to save up for a bit. <laughs> even the Class B, man, it's crazy. Um, you go in and out like it doesn't do anything economic. I mean, do right. you do you feel richer with a ten dollar bill or two five dollar bills? Um, on the one hand, having a super high stock split, and this is the reason Mr. Buffett has never split a share of Berkshire Hathaway, which is um, he lower volume, higher share price keeps people in longer. It has yeah. a longer term mentality, and it has a more of a partnership mentality as as opposed to like a the hyperactive trading mentality. Yeah, you're getting people to commit to the buy and hold. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, on the flip side, uh, what are some of the advantages of the stock split? The it's kind of nuanced, but it's more like, uh, oh, we want the average Joe investor to have access to a share of Apple, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was. I mean, what would it be? It'd be over a thousand dollars right now, isn't it? It's 120, so times seven, just under a thousand dollars a share. Yeah. Uh, the average Joe investor, I mean, do they want to pay ten dollars for one share on a trade to buy that one? Like, yeah, I know it, it goes back to that like early investing fallacy of oh, like this is a five dollar stock, it's very cheap. You know, I, I remember talking to this guy one time. And he's like, oh yeah, I got into Coke before the stock split, and it's like, you feel good about that? Like, it's the same value. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it definitely. Uh, it makes it a little bit more appealing to small investors. Right. You know, they feel like they can get in and get a more meaningful share count. Makes um, it more accessible. Um, there's also other reasons like um, like for uh, uh, stock grant mm-hmm. reasons or right. whatever. More volume, lower share price makes it easier to for insiders to cash out cash out their uh, their part of their uh, actually often a large part of their compensation, which is uh, granted stock options. So just a couple little nuanced reasons. It doesn't add any economic value whatsoever. This long term does not matter, but there's a couple of reasons why they might want to do it. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just increasing liquidity, right? Um, and you know, if you want to look at the historical example, I mean, Apple went uh, seven for one in June and went on like a thirty-five percent run since then. Uh, granted, they had the benefit of having that was because of the Apple Watch. We <laughs> <and> swear, <laughs> an absolutely killer iPhone's uh, sales season and you know the promise of a new product coming out. So uh, no 
historical forbearance there right. necessarily. But uh, you know, some people take it as a bullish sign. Others, you know, it's kind of neutral. Right. Um, anything to think about with this ahead of their announcement for earnings? Um, I think it means they think that they're here to stay. I, as I said, I don't think it's it. It doesn't add any economic value. It shows confidence on the part of the management. Um, the stock actually rose on Monday. This is one of the two reasons. The other reason was they had a bullish note by a brokerage. So, I don't know. It is what it is. It was uh, UBS, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I didn't know if we wanted to plug them or not. Yeah, well, <laughs> always always nice to be able to point to the research if people can find it. Facts are facts. Yeah, uh, yeah check check our facts. Um, all right, and great. Why don't we wrap up with uh, talking about Sears? Last but not least, oh boy. <laughs> so this takes me back. I remember uh, this is back in 2004. There was a uh, edition of Business Week, and it had Sears CEO Eddie Lampert on the cover, mm. and it was right after he took over Kmart, but before he merged it with Sears. Okay. Oh man. It was actually brilliant. He bought the bonds of Kmart when it went into Chapter 11 bankruptcy for like 10, 20 cents on the dollar, converted that to equity, wiped out all previous Kmart shareholders, and had a completely debt free retailer, a couple billion dollars in cash in the bank. It was awesome. He had actually just sold a bunch of stores to Sears and Home Depot Mm -hmm. for like $800 million. I mean, he was sitting pretty. He was called the next Warren Buffett, all this (laughs) stuff. Then he merged it with Sears. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, I uh, I think I referenced that video you showed me, the Family Guy video, uh, when Lois and Peter go to Sears. Po- post-apocalyptic civilization. Yeah, that- it's a, a, ma- a man with a baby on a horse talking <laughs> talking in grunts and bartering in leaves. I mean, like, uh, and that's, when you walk into a Sears, there's nobody in there. It's, I don't know. I, I don't want to bash anybody, but I was in there with my wife recently to look for a new belt for our vacuum, and that's why we went to Sears. But I mean, there were tumbleweeds, man. Yeah, and and you know they're great for appliances, right? Um, well, and that's why long term, and this is of course the bull case, but this is why I like what they're talking about. So bring it back around. Sorry for our listeners for the roundabout <laughs> way we got here. Um, they are finally forming a real estate investment trust called Seritage, uh, Seritage Growth Properties, and they're giving $2.5 billion worth of Sears real estate to this property, uh, to this REIT, total of 254 properties, so $10 million a pop. Um, and uh, they're going to form this by doing a rights offering to current Sears shareholders. So they'll say, you, Dylan, let's pretend you're a Sears shareholder. Um, give us, um, let's say you own 100 shares, give us $10 per share that you own, and you'll get a share in this new REIT, mm-hmm. and then they'll get all the money, the proceeds from that. And uh, uh, Seritage will also be raising some debt in order to uh, uh, buy the properties from Sears. And uh, this is actually not that surprising at all. The stock was up like ten percent on the announcement, but then it came back a bit, so now it's only up three or four percent. But um, we've known about this for a year or two. I yeah. mean, it was part of their website for. I mean, for like two years now. That's something that they've been in talks about for a while. Right. And that's been the major bull case. There was this hedge fund uh, a year and a half ago that came out with like a 250-page report, and that was the bull case. They valued the properties and all this stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, you're talking about what Sears is good for and everything, the tools, the appliances, all that stuff. Um, there's a pretty darn successful Sears um, appliance store in my hometown in Ohio, and it's smaller. It's part of a strip mall, but it's pretty busy usually and it's got what Sears is good for. And if you had checked out this website, um, you would see that the current plan is to let's take say you've got a big box, you know, two story, you know, Sears that you typically see at a mall, shrinking it down to something, you know, comparable to what I just described in my hometown mm-hmm. and then partitioning off the rest of the store into a bunch of smaller retailers like I'm not I'm just 
completely making this up, mind you, but just to give you an idea, putting in like a Chipotle and eh, not a Radio Shack, but <laughs> just tons of smaller partitions, just basically for smaller retailers to come in there and you put in a Five Guys for Dylan. Um, <laughs> Love the Five Guys. Yeah, and it's basically <laughs> trying to make use of this real estate, and some of Sears' most valuable real estate is going to this REIT. Okay. Um, that report that I mentioned that was put out a year or two ago with a bull case for this is famous. The stock went on this huge run and everything, but it noted like the Sears they uh, the real estate for the Sears that's owned in like downtown Chicago is worth like hundreds of millions of dollars alone. So mm-hmm. the top ten percent of Sears's properties are a big chunk of its value, and a lot of that's going to this REIT. So is this something investors should be excited about? Absolutely, because it's all that's all they've got left. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What were you saying? This is like is a, separating the, yeah, the good from the bad. Uh, Matt McKinley, uh, an analyst at Evercore ISI uh, New York, said this is the last big thing that they can do. Uh, it basically takes the assets of the real estate and separates them from the liability that is Sears. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. Um, and another transaction that isn't nearly as big, but they uh, formed a joint venture with General Growth Properties, which happens to own a lot of the malls where Sears has locations. And uh, they're contributing 12 properties of the venture, and uh, they're going to own half of it. And then they'll also get $165 million in cash out of the deal because they need money desperately. Yeah. <laughs> their their cash account is down like 75% from last year. They uh, what did they they had to actually raise some money last year through Eddie Lampert's hedge fund. He like loaned himself money because he's the majority owner of Sears in order to keep it going through the holidays. So <laughs> it's getting tight. Yeah, getting very tight. <laughs> very good. So uh, oh, and uh, last but not least, they do want to point out the company still has one thousand seven hundred twenty-five Sears and Kmart stores, so they can keep milking this stuff. <laughs> anyway, very cool. Well, before we go, I wanted to make our listeners aware of a special offer. Um, if you're looking for more foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the thing for you. It's our flagship newsletter, started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners, $98 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every single month with insight from our team of analysts. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of the deal. Once again, that's focus.fool.com. And as always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks solely on what you hear on this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Fool on! <laughs>